Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Birch Ranch in the north woods of Wisconsin. Yes, (laughs) silverbirchranch.org. I got it in. You got it in. I barely got it out of my mouth and you got it in. I did. Um, Yeah, we also host uh, Nicolay Bible Institute here on campus. We share the same campus, which is a one-year Bible college program for anybody. It's really a solid foundation, biblical uh, to get you set up to go into whatever field you want to go into. And then even just a couple of miles down the road, we have another location called the Wolf River Refuge, which is a nice, uh, I call it the diamond in the rough. It's gorgeous. And you don't understand how gorgeous and, and, and awesome it is until you go and visit it. So I encourage you to head over to wolfriverrefuge.org, and you can check out some of its beauty. Sorry, wolfriverrefuge.org. <laughs> Thank you, .org guy. Yeah, Appreciate there you it. Go. <laughs> Got to stay in your lane here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, th- what's really interesting, the refuge is a gorgeous place. And what I've read lately is that people are trying to go on sleeping retreats sleeping retreats yeah their their lives are so busy and so intertangled with things when you talk about all of the availability of electronics and everything else they want to get away and sleep wow well if you're listening to the show <laughs> and you need a away. sleeping retreat then the wolf River <laughs> refuge it's got real mattresses yeah Ooh. it's quiet cozy there's a fireplace in every cabin like you can knock yourself out yeah i'm just thinking i've never even thought of that having a sleeping retreat it's yeah. like you could, and I'm, you could go to your own bedroom, shut everything down, turn all your electronics off, shut all the shades, have one there too, you know. It's you, true. You could do this. This is true. Yeah, I want to encourage you to, if you need sleep, please That's get right. it. That's right. Well, we got Ethan on the show again here. Uh, we did a, a previous episode where he started talking about uh, higher education mm. and the purpose behind it. If you missed that episode, I encourage you to go to silverchranch.org um, or your favorite podcasting site and download Younger Older, and you can listen to that episode. Um, yeah, you know, I was I was wondering, what do you expect? You know, I asked you last time, Ethan, what you expect your generation out of education, and we got into a whole program on it. But I'm I'm thinking, what are grades for? When you go to school, are you actually you personally are you actually trying to learn, or are you trying to get a good grade? And is that different? Hmm. Um, I think that is different. I mean, I think people who are more like interested in getting into like the education side of stuff the grades are important I feel like to know if you know like am I understanding this material as much as I think I am um most of the time you see people who are like obsessed with grades at least in my mind it's more of like a parental thing it's like listen if I don't have like good grades to show like my parents are gonna kill me or something like that or you know um, I'm not going to get into the dishonor something, you know, and be in this social standing. But a lot of the time you see people who are more like education oriented use the grades as like a mark of I understand this. Whereas people who are more grade oriented are just trying to look good, like and be like, yeah, I'm doing really well. Yeah. You know, well, you- do, you, do you think the grade oriented aspect comes from the high school culture? I think so. Yeah, and it kind of shifts going into college. Yeah, I mean, high. I mean, you you go from high school, which is like you're always bringing you know that report card back and you know showing it to like your parents and stuff like yeah. that, and you know you can get reprimanded for that, you know all that kind of stuff. But I think it carries over, especially if um, you're still like depending on that relationship with yeah. your parents. You know, if they're chipping in for like their college, if they're paying for like that college, you right. know, yeah. the grades are like, that's the indicator like of how well their kid oh, is doing sure. or yeah. something. You and know? especially it's, if they're helping pay for it, it's like, mm-hmm. well. It's like, listen, I'm not paying, you know, $54,000 a year for you yeah. to get C's, you know. Right. 
<laughs> well, you yeah. know, it, it's interesting. I remember a conversation I had before my junior year in uh, college. Was it before my junior year? Must have been. And I was talking to two upperclassmen, and I, and I was frustrated. I wasn't getting good grades. Now, I was a football player and a hockey player, and I guess we weren't expected to get good grades. Hmm. Uh, but that had nothing to do with it. it. It just, I was trying to be transparent with them and say, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to learn this stuff, and I'm not getting good grades. And, you know, there's some people that are good test takers. They're, they're good at figuring out how to get good grades. And there's others like me who, you want me to learn something, I'll learn it, but I, I'm not really studying for the test kind of thing. So I'm talking to these two upperclassmen, and they said, well, you got a basic problem. I said, what? You're actually trying to learn the material. And I said, what are you talking about? Isn't that why we're here? Because, <laughs> no, if you want to get good grades, you got to pick the right teacher, know what they want, give them what they want, give them the way they want it, and now you'll get good grades. And I said, show me how to do that. My last two years, I got very good grades. You worked and the system. I worked the system. And I thought, mm. you know, my first two years, I actually learned something. My last two years, I was playing a game. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and that was when I was in my major. So yeah. it was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, now some of it, in their defense, some of it is I got in my major and I'm more natural in it. So it was an enjoyable sure. participation. So when they're saying stuff, it's like, yeah, I get it, you know, quickly. But still, it was, I'll never forget that. Now that I teach, I, I remember that, that, that conversation all the time. And I try and teach in a way that says, Look, it's not really about grades. It's really about learning something. Hmm. And what I've realized is everybody learns differently. Right. And yeah. they're in different places. So you're, you're looking at them going, whoa, you don't even know, you know, you don't even own a Bible. You've grown up reading the Bible every year for the last 15 years. You're in different places. And I'm supposed to teach both of you in this class. Hmm. That's really a challenge for a teacher, which I like the challenge when I see that. But it is a challenge because both need to learn. And how do you actually do that in the same classroom when it's just not about the grade? Uh, because if you make it about the grade, you end up forgetting it anyway. Right. Well, and then you throw in the fact that there's 60 people in the class right. or whatever mm -hmm. it is. You know, I remember my Old Testament survey class in, at the college I went to. And, man, we were in like an amphitheater. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, whew. Yep. A totally different ball game. Absolutely, uh, there was a, there were times in when I went when I was in college because uh, I played football. There were a couple of times where I was kind of woozy the night before from getting hit in the head. Um, <laughs> so now people get woozy for different. Yeah, reasons. well, I, I was <laughs> I was taking it. You know, I was I was taking a licking. I was a, too light to play that game sometimes, and I took a beating once in a while. And and so I can remember sitting in class, and I'm sure I had a concussion before and just didn't know it. And answering questions just to get out of there. Yeah. And what was nice back then even is the professor would call me back and say, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I'd explain to him, he'd go, let's take this over again. You know, I mean, why don't you take it over when your head's not spinning? <laughs> and, and I did, and I did fine on it. So yeah. there was some human element there that was saying, you know, it, it's really, I really want you to know this stuff. You don't know it. Yeah. Why don't you know it? You know, kind of thing. And I think that's a great element. Um, and I'm concerned for your generation, Ethan. I want to read you an article from Fox News. And it was talk it's talking about a, a professor that got fired. So I just want your response after I read it. Fox News, it said this. I, and I'm not sure if I pronounce any of these guys' names right. So <laughs> if you know how to pronounce it. 
Somebody actually told me the other day they were listening to one of these broadcasts and they just started saying a word. And I said, what is that? He goes, the word you mispronounced on, on your last broadcast. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, fine. Um, anyway, Matt, Matland Jones Jr., a chemistry professor at New York University, who also taught for four decades at Princeton, was fired in August after undergraduate students circulated a petition complaining that his course was too difficult. Dozens of the college students, many of them aspiring doctors, signed on to the petition in the spring. Jones, 84 years old, told the New York Times that he had started seeing the loss of focus among students about a decade ago. But the problem was exasperated by the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. They weren't coming to class, that's for sure, because I can count the house. Jones told the newspaper they weren't watching the videos. They weren't able to answer the questions. New York Post said this about it. In their petition, students said that a class with such high percentage of withdrawals and low grades has failed to make students' learning and well-being a priority. One of Jones's teaching assistants, Zachariah something, defended his former boss. I think this petition was written more out of unhappiness with exam scores than actual feeling of being treated unfairly. New York Times went on to say, instead of weeding out the students who failed to make the grade, NYU invoked the increasingly popular American response. If the goal is too hard to reach, move the goalposts. The article said, those who failed organic chemistry might not be admitted to medical school. That's good news, according to the New York Times. If I were hospitalized with possible fatal illness, would my doctor decide that finding a correct diagnosis was just too hard? And that's the, that's the article, basically. So it's it's like this teacher, he's, he's older, 84 years old. He's been around the block a few times. 40 years he taught at Princeton. So the guy obviously had the academic skills. He must have had the teaching skills. You don't stay that long and not have some kind of teaching credentials. Mm-hmm. And, and yet he got fired because... The students weren't learning. Got reaction. So there's this website that's increasingly popular with kids called Rate My Professor. Oh. And all you do is go on there, you enter the school, you enter the professor, and then all it, it's just a list of like how easy is this class or difficult is this class? Like what kind of work do they assign? Should I take them or not? And it's just like this power shift from like, Okay, the professors are there to teach you and, like, help you. It's their class. To, like, us, the students, like, if I'm not learning the way I want to learn, like, I'm going to get you out of here because, obviously, you're doing something wrong. And I wouldn't say that's so much the the case with, you know, everyone. I had a professor back when I was in school that was – he was notoriously, like, very difficult. But I wanted the course he took because I know that the kids that came out of that course – all did fantastic in their fields. Right. They did great. So I took it, and it was it was tough. There were times where I was like, I might just withdraw. Like, yeah. I don't know if I can do this. But we pushed through, and I finished his final project and got a good grade. And it was tough work, but I think I learned more in that class, that one semester course that I took with him, than, like, the, the three-semester course I took with someone else where it covered a different topic, and it was the easiest thing you could do, you yeah. know? So seeing a professor who's offering – a course that's probably been the same for all those years that he's taught. He probably has a written out, you know, um, course that he wants to do, all the teaching stuff. He does the same stuff every year. But like he says, and I see that trend too, it's like 
people just want it to be easy. They don't want to work for it. They just want to be like, listen, I paid my tuition, so I should get a passing grade. You know? I think everyone needs to watch Karate Kid then. You know? <laughs> like, I, honestly, I mean, that, the message in that thing is great. You know, yeah. wax on. What do you mean, wax on? Throw the rag at the guy. No, the, the, <laughs> the teacher's telling you something. You're, right. you're not in a position to go fight yet. Right. First, you got to learn to wax a car. Wait a minute. I, I'm not trying to learn to wax the car. Well, Miragi knew what he needed. Mm-hmm. Listen to Miragi. Isn't it Miyagi? Miyagi? Miragi? Like it's definitely Mi- Miragi. Mr. Miyagi, not Miragi. Oh, thanks. Miragi. <laughs> correct me. Correct me in public. Go ahead. Make me feel like I don't know anything. <laughs> it was who, close enough. Whoever the guy track. is. You knew who I was talking about. I so, did. I so grew my, up watching it. So my communication... Wax-o? Yeah, so my communication was perfect because you understood exactly what I said. Mm -hmm. That's right. There you go. Now, what's interesting about that is I have a rule as a teacher, and I had a rule as a student, and they're they're a little different. My rule as a teacher is there are no bad students. So in other words, if you're in my class, Ethan, and I'm trying to teach you and you're not learning, that's my problem. I want to keep figuring out what I need to do to help you. That helps me be a better teacher. But when I was a student, I had the opposite rule, no bad teachers. And so I would sit in there and go, I don't care how boring this guy is or whatever it might be. They're here because they know something, and I need to get it from them. Somehow I need to get that you know, into my brain, into my life. What, what I think is missing from a generation right now is what I would call just personal responsibility. If you want to learn something, there are people out there that know it, and, and they could teach it. And they may not be the best teachers in the world, but they may be brilliant. So why don't you ask yourself a different question like, what can I do to learn from this person? And go up and ask him. I want to learn. I want to understand how you do this. I want to, I want to develop into the, uh, somebody who does it better than you. Could you help me? And they may be terrible at communication, and they might tell you, get out of here, I'm busy, you know, whatever it might be. And you keep going after it because you want to learn. That's personal responsibility and drive rather than, than say, well, this guy was a bad teacher. So now what we're doing is blaming them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, there are teachers. Uh, my dad taught me that. There was a class in college. It was an Old Testament class, and I thought it was an 8 o'clock class on Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday morning. It was the most boring thing in the world because it was two hours, and it was right away when you got up. I didn't drink coffee back then, but I did starting then. That, <laughs> that, that's when I started. I started in college, yeah, I started, too. yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember this guy wrote the book, and I thought, he wrote the Old Testament? <laughs> you know, he looked that old, by the way. He looked like Moses standing up there. But he, he didn't write the Old Testament. He wrote the book called Old Testament Speaks. And so what would happen is he would lecture the whole two hours, and it would be monotone, and, and it would be exactly word for word from the book. Exactly. And I'd be sitting there going, I am forcing myself to try and pay attention here you know and so one day i was on the phone i called my dad and i said dad this guy i i don't think i can handle this he goes who is he i told him the name and he goes dave that guy's brilliant no matter what he says you need to learn and i thought dad really really but he's my dad's comment made me go back and say okay more coffee more learning i got to figure out how to learn from this guy yeah rather than just say he's a bore Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad that my dad taught me personal responsibility that way. 
because I've learned so much from people who aren't teachers, who aren't good teachers, but they were brilliant at something. And you can learn. Uh, we used to have a mechanic up here. He was brilliant. He was visited recently again. And I'm telling you, he, he's not a guy you want to sit in his classroom, uh, but, but boy, he knew what he was doing. If you wanted to go over there and help him, get ready to get yelled at, get ready to, I mean, he's do this right. What are you doing that for? You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, he was good at what he did. Mm. And if you wanted to learn, you, you go through that barrier a little bit. So I'm wondering how thin-skinned people are today if they can actually learn something or they got to blame somebody else for their non-learning, mm. you know. Yeah, it's definitely a softer generation. So. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's the thing that's changed. You know, even like you said, people just want a free ride. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's because we, we've moved. It's the result of the everybody wins culture. You know, everybody gets an award. There's no losers. Everybody's a winner. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even like the article said, we're so used to moving the goalposts uh, that we make it easy. Yep. It's just like, no, it's like if you don't know it, you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be. But that's not the politically correct thing to do, I guess. Anyway. Right. You can't go to a parent-teacher like conference anymore and have them be like, listen, your son's doing really bad in school right now. I don't know what's going on. It's like, if you say that, people are going to be like, well, how dare you say that to me and about my kid and stuff like that instead of, we're sorry, we'll talk to him and work on it. Right, like I don't even know if they hold back kids anymore. I don't know either. I haven't heard of that in a long time. You're right. I just thought about that. I don't even know if that's (laughs) even in the terminology of schools. Like that just made me think of that. Like it was still a thing when I was young. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, if you don't do well enough, you're just going to repeat the second grade or whatever. Yeah. You know. I remember I, m- I make fun of my brother all the time because he got held back in, like, first grade. And I was like, you didn't learn your ABCs. You got held back <laughs> here. <laughs> yep. Just take off yep. your shoes next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got to learn about nap time, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it is interesting because if you're too soft-skinned, you really can't, you can't learn very well because you, you have to make mistakes in order to grow. Yeah. So you, you have to have a mind frame that, that is part of the growth process is making mistakes. Um, and if it's not going to happen, I mean, this is disturbing to me in many senses just because of the fact that you look at it and you think, all right, education means nothing now. You keep moving those goalposts, the goals mean nothing. Right. And we don't even stretch ourselves anymore to do anything. And then if we don't get it done, we're going to blame somebody. Part of the educational process needs to be what my dad did to me. Quit blaming somebody else for your problem. Yeah. Get out there and do it. Or the, the, even the guys in the upper class that talked to me and said, well, the problem is you don't understand how the school works. It doesn't really work on learning. It works this way. Well, okay, thanks for explaining that. The, the, the bottom line really is either way you're trying to learn. You're yeah. trying to learn how to get through whatever you're doing. At that. If you're going through a hurricane you know, or you're going through a, a mess in life, you're trying to figure out how do I go through this and, and come out better, not how do I go through this and, you know, anyone that begins to cope with life is miserable. Yeah. Because God didn't ma- make us to cope with things. He made us to be victorious. So you have to look at it and go, okay, do I just want to make it through this or do I want to use this to be better on the other end? Yeah. Totally. And, and I think that, that when we look, think at learning, the thing that we have to communicate, and maybe it's, it's challenging the system. It's like, man, we should be helping young people learn this stuff because it helps on an everyday basis, you know? And I think sometimes you you get older and it's like, man, why didn't I learn that when I was younger? You know, it's like you learn math, but 
they really don't talk about budgeting in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that's like that's I think a problem with our system is that right now I would say our system focuses so much on teaching you to test well. You know, and so the education is based upon the results of a, a test. That way, a school can look good in the state of the eyes or in the eyes of the state. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think part of the problem is that we've learned to to study to learn like like almost like you Dave like how do, how does this impact my world what can i glean from this to help me be sufficient self sufficient rather than to being dependent on anybody yep. you know i mean the reason you take math yes there's there's a variety of math and you get to the point where it's you know you're probably not going to use all of it but a lot of us use math on it every day you know we go to the gas pump we put in money you know hopefully you do more than just swipe a card and forget about it mm. at some point you have to do a little bit of math to be like i have enough to pay for this Hopefully, if not, then 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 that's something you need to learn, you know. Um, and so I think education is is something even a basic level. Like I even think of my three boys that are in school right now, you know. And there's days that's like I don't want to go to school. Why do I have to go to school? Well, it's like, well, a you don't know how to read yet. Yeah, but you can read <laughs> to me. I'm not going to read my whole life to you. Yeah. Like, like you enjoy me reading a book and a story. What are you going to do when you grow up when I'm not around? You know, and part of it at that age is is YouTube, they don't understand it. YouTube. You know? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, I can get, I could download an audio book and yeah. read it to me. You know, and 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 that's probably somebody's mentality. It's like, well, there's an easier way to do it. You know, but you're not going to always have those things. And I think it's important to to realize that there is part of the education factor. Like, like even when I was in Northern Ireland, it was interesting to see education from a different perspective, because the way that they do it at age 16, they take what they call their GCSEs. And at that point, after those tests, they can be done with high school. You know, if they want to go into a trade, they can. If they want to be done, they can be done. If they want to stay on for two more years, they can. And I'm sure there's problems with that system as well. But as an outsider, I'm like, huh, at least to some degree, they're making them think as a 16-year-old, what do you want to do? Because we're not going to teach you more here unless you want to do it. Hmm. Right. You know, and, and I think that's, that's a benefit. And I know there's some states that do it. You know, like I was up in Minnesota um, going to college, but like I went to college and started college with somebody that was, you know, at 18, I went in as a freshman. I went to get with somebody that was the same age and they went in as a junior because they had what they called PSEO opportunity where the last two years of high school, they able to get college credit. Now in my state, they had AP, which I think is another joke, but that's a different discussion, you know, (laughs) but like I never qualified for that. I think mm. we just need to put, yeah, I never qualified <laughs> for that. That's right. Yeah, you know, I think, I think part of the education is realizing like, hey, how does, like almost like you did, like if somebody knows something, like how do we, how do we teach people to like figure out what they know and why they know it and glean from that? Right. Because I guarantee you that every teacher out there is teaching because they enjoy it. Yep. And they're teaching their subject because they, they have an admiration for that subject, not because of the tests. Yeah. And they want you to grow. Right. And, and that's the thing that I think we need to teach our young people, whether it's our own kids or the people around us, is yes, there's going to be a focus on tests because that's part of the broken system. But how do, you, how do you connect with the teacher in a way where you can glean the stuff that they think is important for you to learn for life? Right. Because I think every subject does have that to an extent. Right. Um, And I would encourage you to sort out principles and methods, too, as you're going through, because the principles are lifetime. Methods might be generational. I mean, how you do something. Like right now, I I could understand some things about math uh, and why people want to learn it, because, oh, my goodness, between either owning a calculator or a phone, 
you can get the answer very quickly without even knowing how to do it. Right. So I do understand some legitimate questions. But the method then of how you get to the conclusion might be different. Mm-hmm. Even now, as I meet with you two guys, you are, you're both much more literate on, on technology than I am. But for me, if I were teaching against technology, that wouldn't make sense. Because yeah. the technology part is a method. It isn't necessarily a principle. Right. And I would encourage you, the Bible says, actually in Second Timothy, if you go to the third chapter, and I encourage you for a young person, go look at what Paul said to Timothy in First, Second Timothy, Titus. Go, go take a look at what he's saying. But he was talking about uh, there are, there are going to be tough times in your life. And the Apostle Paul was talking to Timothy, wanting him to be one who made it through those tough times. And if you look at anyone who made it through tough times, Paul did. Yeah. So he had, he had a right to say, here's how you do it. Here, here's <laughs> how you do it. And he's telling Timothy in the 10th verse of the third chapter, he says, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, my sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured yet from all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And he goes on and just basically says, you know, Timothy, you've, you've put yourself in a good position. You've put yourself in a position where I could show you how to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm asking you to apply it. Yeah. I've showed you already. And that's what I think is really missing. The system in the United States of America of education is not showing people how to do things. It's lecturing people on how to do things. And when you show them, you give them opportunity to do them. I mean, you guys work together. You're, you're working at, at, at selling products, running program. You, you give each other opportunities to grow and develop and, and to become something. And in the process, you, you're learning from those who have gone before you, okay, here's the principles, here's the new methods that we want to apply because they're available, which weren't available in their day. And, and you're doing the same thing. In the process, I may suffer like the Apostle Paul did. So I can read about Paul's suffering and realize that's a different age, but I'm still going to suffer in a different way. Um, for me, I read a lot of Voice of the Martyrs. Mm-hmm. And Voice of the Martyrs is talking about believers today who are being persecuted just because they love Jesus. Yeah. And I read it because I want to learn from them. I want to learn. So I'm still going to teachers who don't even know they're teaching me saying, I want to learn from this person. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? If you're a young person out there, I so encourage you, get yourself in a position where you find somebody who's doing it right and go ask them if you can learn from them. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you've always observed a, a relationship, a marriage relationship that's not right, go find somebody doing it right and go ask if you can hang out with them. Right. You just want to see it done right. And that's how you learn. Take initiative. Be responsible. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame the relationships that have fallen apart. Don't blame the fact that you've never done something so you'll never be able to do it. Go find somebody doing it and ask them if you can learn from them. And just watch them and observe and, and take it and be responsible. Teachers be responsible. Students be responsible. That would be my old guy advice. That's good advice. You know, and the, the reality is, is that we're always learning something. It's just we enjoy it sometimes and sometimes we don't. But even when we don't, we need to be intentional yep. um, because that's how we challenge us. And that's why even some people are listening to this podcast. I, I mean, I don't think I have that good of a voice. I mean, I mean, I don't people talking about your voice, but 
I mean, you, my voice is distinct. <laughs> that's and right. My it's face is a radio you know, face. But, but we listen and we, we intake stuff and we and we learn on a, on a lot of different ways. But unfortunately, we're out of time. But I encourage you, you know, feel free to listen to this podcast again. Uh, go to silverchranch.org and you can re-listen to this and other ones. But thank you for joining our discussion today. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.